This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. 30-year fixed mortgages, tax benefits, and long-distance management training made easy are just a few of the perks of owning a short-term rental. The Short-Term Shop can help you buy and learn how to manage your property from anywhere in the world. Just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected. Again, that's theshorttermshop.com, and we are brokered by eXp. See y'all over there. Here we are. We did it. We made it. We have arrived on short-term rental management. And today we have Tyann. Uh, I'm going to let you pronounce your last name. Tell us tell us your name. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. It's Tyann Marsink. Yes. And uh, I know you from Touch Day. Uh, and of course, after, from Avery's podcast as well. I'm a big fan of uh, Avery's podcast. Uh, and uh, I listen to you on there. It's wonderful. But I do use uh, Touch Day. And you are the, uh, you have a title, right? What's your title? I do. It's queen of guest experience. Love it. Love it. But I also, you're in, uh, you obviously are in short term. You have uh, a, a need for a touch day. So let's talk about, uh, you're in Branson. Um, and, uh, and tell me about your properties, how long you've been there. And I know you got quite a bit of experience. So I started when I was probably, people would say, oh, you were two years old when you started, right? When I say I started 15 years ago in 2007, but I was actually um, pregnant with my third son. So he has grown up literally in the industry. And I set up my very first house there. It's our smallest house, the four bedroom. And it was one of 12 houses that slept 14 or more people. Now you're looking at 500 plus houses that sleep more than that. And we are um, we completely rebranded to Branson Family Retreats. And we have two of our own houses, a six bedroom and a 10 bedroom, because we did what we call trade new, sell the older ones to get rid of the maintenance and build bigger, better ones with a better profit. And then I manage for folks as well. And then this year we're doubling in size between our own new builds and our client new builds in a different development. And then in the meantime, in the 15 years, I also started a second property management company in Missouri wine country. So those are historical homes. And today, Luke, is the five-year anniversary of when I bought my bank. So the bank where you can legally launder in the Ozarks. Yes, I have heard about the bank. That is wonderful. You own them and rent it out, obviously. Uh, uh, and can I sleep in the vault? No, they wouldn't let me for safety reasons. So the first thought was turn one of the vaults into a bedroom because there are two vaults. Second thought was, hey, let's make it into a giant shower. Wouldn't that be cool? But a vault that had three or four feet of concrete down to the ground. So it's like, okay, that's not going to work either. So one of the vaults we drilled into uh, to make it the laundry room. So it took a 30 inch drill bit to get through the walls of 27 inches thick. And uh, yeah, that it only took about 90 seconds or so because I did video it, but it was, it was pretty massive. Now it's a four bedroom vacation rental that you can stay at with two and a half bathrooms. So if I want to rob a bank, I'm looking at a 30 inch drill bit in 90 seconds is what it's going to take. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. As long as notes. you don't hit any, as long as you don't hit any rebar, because you know this was just brick and concrete that we found from 1902. So good luck. Okay, yeah, I'm taking notes on that just in case. It's weird to think about that. Really, living in the world we live in now with everything virtual, like they used to stack cash in these. I'm sure they still do somewhere. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen my cash in quite some time, other than a, on a computer screen. You know, <laughs> that's true. Uh, but uh, it's fascinating. Uh, makes me want to watch some cowboy movies. Um, okay, Branson. So you've got uh, how many properties there that you own? So we own two. We're building two. We just signed two new contracts. So now we manage six. And there's another five or six being built by our clients. So end of the year, I would have said we have six homes. And um, that we manage and, and rent out. Or that we own. So now we're at, what, eight we're going to have 
14, 15, 16, I don't know, by the end of this year, we might pick up some a few more clients. Uh, but with our property management company, we, we don't advertise. We are referral based only. And we also only take specific clients. So they're just not interviewing us for us to manage them. We're also interviewing them to make sure that they're a good fit as our client and that we are both on the same page with business model and how we're going to take care of their properties. It's a quality of life thing, I would assume. Like uh, you, you probably just don't need the headache of seventy-eight properties, uh, two hundred and seventy-five properties. Uh, are do you have a day job on top of all this, or this is it? Uh, well, there's the property management management companies. They're working. Uh, there's consulting for Touch Day as Queen of Guests Experience. It's traveling to all the major conferences in the vacation rental industry. I'm usually up on stage speaking or on a panel. Uh, three kids. I used to have a children's room decor business that I retired last summer. A line of sports fan art that just kind of limps along because I've given it no love. And <laughs> oh yeah, I build websites. I'm a professional photographer, but yeah, yeah, that's all. That's it. Okay, great. That's it. No big deal. And but it, but really, what you're saying here is you enjoy doing this. And yes, I will take on another property here and there, but I need to, I want to make sure that you're not going to be a pain in my rear end kind of thing uh, as exactly. as a manager. Okay, exactly. Well, tell me about uh, managing other. Obviously, this is you know, I mean, it's a vague, very random, you know, big picture question, but. Managing other people's properties versus your own. Let's talk about that because most stuff here at the short-term uh, rental management show is uh, is self-management. Is it a pain in the ass? Are they calling you constantly? I have long-term rentals. I have five third-party property managers. I've got apartments. I've got, you know, this, that, a duplex is different animal, different animal. Uh, you know, I would imagine that your clients are like stalking their calendar and saying you didn't price this night right and things like that. Are they... You know, is it is it like that? Tell me, what is it like day to day managing other people's properties? Well, it, it is definitely tough. And if you don't set expectations ahead of time, they are calling you and texting you. Um, and when they first start with us with new clients, uh, we right in the way they we set them up with all kinds of communication. So if a booking comes in, we know it and they know it. So we have special emails that go out to them. So one of our newest clients, as soon as they started getting those emails, because they're, you know, the celebration emojis and the congratulations and the happy dance. And they're sending me texts, you know, screenshots of, oh my gosh, I got a booking. And like, yeah, I know that's awesome, isn't it? But I think, well, it's the same thing as with our guests. So our guests, we set expectations and we yeah. communicate with them before they ask. So we're very proactive versus reactive. And we have applied that's the same principles to our homeowner um, clients that we have. We're proactive with communication. We tell them what to expect. We say, okay, here's your dashboard. You can look up your stats anytime you want. Here is the communication that's going to come. Here is what you expect from us. This is exactly what's included with our fee. This is what is not included with our fee. This is when you will hear from us. This is what we're going to take care of without you knowing. And when we have those interviews with the homeowner clients, we can tell right away if they're going to be the pain in the ass, as you said, or if they understand what we're doing and they're going to let us handle it. And one of the first things I tell them is if we sign you on, I'm treating your property as if it's my property. I want control. I am going to be the one pricing and I'm going to be the one taking care of the marketing. I'm going to be the one taking care of the guests. And I will share information with you as far as, hey, Here's the photos. Yes, if you want to set up a social media account, that's cool. Yes, you can use our photos, but everything has to go back to us because everything is run through us. And if that doesn't work for the homeowner client, no hard feelings. You know, we are all made differently. We're all different people. Um, we have different personalities and I don't want that clash to where it's miserable for both me and my homeowner clients. I'd rather have the folks where we mesh well. I mean, and it's such a, and we appreciate our homeowner clients so much so that we're, we probably send one of the largest homeowner gifts every year as well. Um, there's one person I know who's, gosh, she spends a lot on her, her homeowner clients. And she opened my eyes to the fact that they're bringing us $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 a year. 
you better be sending them more than a card. So for instance, for Christmas, our biggest clients, they each got a set of Cutco knives with their names engraved on it because we appreciate how much they trust us and that we trust them. You're making me a little worried uh, about what my property managers would say about me if they were on a podcast. Um, I'd like to think that I am pretty good as a client, uh, but uh, it, it is difficult at times, you know, because, you know, I mean, there's been times where I've just looked up and all of a sudden I had eight empty units in one building, you know, and, uh, and, and it's, and that, that's an extreme example. Obviously that's, 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 for me, you know, eight is a lot, you know, maybe for Grant Cardone, that's no big deal, but uh, this is a 26 unit that is off the top of my head. And I, because I'm trying to, when you're talking, I'm thinking about all these times that I was a horrible client. And that was one that came to mind where I kind of now, after the fact, I want to give him a hug a little bit, but like, dude, how did you let that happen? You know, and I understand might've been dumb luck. Uh, maybe they all just expired at the same time. Cause I, um, cause that building, uh, had a lot of vacancies when I bought it. So you had a lot of leases happening at the same time. Um, therefore they're going to expire at the same time. Decent chance they're all going to, you know, so I think it was just dumb luck, but I was probably a little difficult to deal with when, when that did happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually just coming out of that now. It's, I think it's got two, two left. Um, that, uh, now, I, now Luke, I say all that, but I absolutely welcome my homeowner clients asking questions. And saying, hey, we're empty. Is there anything I can do to help you get this filled? Or can you explain your reasoning why this is priced where it is? And I am totally cool with that. I And I am always happy for when they say, hey, we saw a grammar mistake in the listing or a spelling mistake. It's like, that's cool. Yeah, let me know. Because as a property manager, mm. I'm not perfect. You yeah, know, see, that's I'm human. I'd have a problem with that personally. If it was me. This is why I can't do third-party management. I would be like, dude, I'm managing this thing. Leave it, leave it be. Why are you even looking at the listing? You know what I mean? Uh, if and I do think that's good advice, and I hope this helps your cause. If you're gonna hire a manager, you need to let them do their job, right? I mean, uh, micromanaging is 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 probably uh, it runs rampant in this business, uh, and it and it's really not good. It's not gonna get you anywhere. So. Um, now let me ask you, you said, you mentioned that we got a booking earlier. How did the guests or I'm, I'm sorry, how do the, uh, oh, the property owners know that they got a booking, uh, within your organization? Are they co-hosts on your Airbnb or how does that work? Nope, no co-host. Um, our system set up to email them whenever a booking comes in. So when a booking comes in, there's triggers of communications that go out. So that would be an email out to the guests saying your booking's been confirmed. There's a text from Touch Day saying, hey, here's your link to your guidebook. And there's an email that goes out to the owners and says, hey, congrats, you've got a booking. These are the dates. And this is how many adults, kids, and doggies that are going to show up on your door. And they, they do like seeing that. I think I'd want to turn that off if it was me. I mean, uh, <laughs> they can turn it off. They can, okay. they can say we, we don't want it, but each of our clients, um, they, they love it. And in fact, the reason I know it is because the one client, she actually takes a screenshot of that and then posts it on her Instagram story to let others know how well her, her vacation rental is going. Again, she's so involved. It seems to me like, do you ever get the vibe that like they, actually do want to do it themselves they're just afraid to fail nope not at all not not these that it's it's such you know boundaries and expectations set up ahead of time and they're involved to the point of they say tyan what do we need to do tell us what to do and i tell them what to do and this is a client that sold one of their properties after only six months and i don't blame them the money truck came along but they've taken that money and they're building two more and they've sent us more clients. So it's, again, it goes back to that interview to make sure our personalities mesh and that our boundaries are set and expectations are set very clearly between both parties. What do you think makes a good candidate for third-party management in short term? Because I've always preached my whole career, you know, do it, you do it yourself or don't make money. Um, but there are plenty of people out there um, that don't need, you know, much of a return or, or maybe you can find a decent return in the right circumstances, or if you've owned it for quite some time, but who makes a good candidate? Is it like ultra wealthy type folks or. 
No, I would say it's it's folks that are time poor. So they need to focus on their W-2 or their own um, business that they run themselves. And they want the real estate investments and they are happy with breaking even or having a place that just covers expenses so that they can enjoy it with their family. And then someone else is taking care of it. But those people also usually look for someone who take care of the property as if it's themselves, because you're right. If they're no one loves your property as much as you as the personal owner. So giving that up to a property manager is really difficult to do, especially when you're someone who loves it. And it's more than just an investment. It's where you want to take your family. And these folks also are looking at the equity that's going to be built up in the property later. So it's an investment, but they're also aware of the hospitality and they know they can grow faster by handing off some of the job. And that includes managing the property, the bookings, the marketing, the 2 a.m. phone calls when the smoke alarm goes off because the teenager was ba making bacon and set off with the smoke. And now the fire truck's coming and the alarm company's calling. Everything's cool, but there's still a phone call to be answered. Yeah, <laughs> the bacon at two in the morning. Um, I, I don't answer those phone calls that in the middle of the night. I got a third party service that you know, like I'll I'll worry about it later. If the house is on fire, call the call the fire department. What the hell am I gonna do? But um, uh, what what systems are you using? What what management software are you using? I suppose let's start there. Sure. Um, I use owner reservations. I've been with them, gosh, I think five years now, something like that. They've, they've grown tremendously. Um, they're not perfect, but no property management software is perfect. Uh, when people ask me, what do you use and what should they use? I say, well, look at how your brain works and how the property management system is set up. And you need to think about what are the strengths, the features that are most important to you, and then find a property management system software that has those strengths, because none of them are going to be a hundred percent amazing. They all have their strengths and weaknesses, and you got to find the one that matches with what the strengths are that are most important to you. Yeah. Owner as I think was originally created for uh, managing other people's properties. Am, am I mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's yeah, it seems, yeah. It's, it's almost like the buildium uh, of short-term rental. Building if you're in the long-term world, buildium at folio, those are the two big ones uh, that you see all the time. They're very very similar. Matter of fact, a lot of times I'll you know log into one property manager, they use buildium, and the other one I'll log into to that one. And I can't even tell what the difference is really, uh, other than the website at the top of the screen. But um, but yeah, I think OwnerRes was kind of designed originally for exactly what you're doing. There's a few of them out there that are like that uh, for third-party. Um, or, or even for arbitrage, I feel like maybe hostfully was originally designed for arbitrage type units, but uh, there's so many of them now. It's it's hard to keep up with all these. Software. I want to say worldwide, Luke. You're looking at around 1,800 PMSs alone. Oh, wow. wow! Globally, yeah, it's the tech landscape is absolutely incredible, and it's literally thousands upon thousands because you're looking at the big companies who do their own software that they've developed because they're so big, they can do that. Besides the pieces of tech that are created for those of us who just have one or two properties, or those of us with 50, or those who, you know, focus on hundred to 500 plus or more. So there's amazing amount of different ones. Uh, there's two folks that have created um, landscape maps recently. One of them is Wheelhouse. It, that's a revenue management company and they've laid out an entire map of tech. And then also Simon Lehman with AGL um, and, uh, consultants. And so he's got even a bigger landscape map. He's out of Europe. So take a look at both of what um, Andrew with Wheelhouse and Simon with AGL has built. And it, it's mind boggling. As far as what? I know Wheelhouse is basically a Price Labs competitor, but what are you saying? It's offering something new now that... Uh... No, it's not something new. It's it's a piece of education that, that Andrew's put together. It's a tech landscape map. So putting all the different techs into different categories. So you can look at, okay, what kind of category do I need? Do I need uh, remote door lock controls? Mm, and what you. kind of tech takes care of that? What guidebook techs are right. there? What guest okay. experience? All of that. Yeah. It basically like says, uh, if this is the one you're looking for, if this is what you're looking for, use this one. If this is what you're looking for, use that one. Well, it explains each one. Yep. Okay. Yep. And Great. it's, yeah. I don't have any experience with Wheelhouse. Are you using that currently? 
Um, I don't know. Um, when they first came on the scene, I did check them out and it wasn't a good fit for me. So, um, I didn't pursue, but I know they've done a ton of changes. They've won some awards as well. Um, actually had a conversation with Andrew a couple of weeks ago, really great guy to chat with. Uh, are you using a pricing manager at all? I am. I'm using Price Labs, but it's not really for pricing. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know I'm very aware of is the markets that I'm in just simply don't have a lot of data. So you look at Missouri wine country, you're looking at shoot, very, very few properties. I mean, where we're at locally, you're less than 50. If you go out 30 miles, you might add a couple hundred at the most. But the thing is, is most of these folks are just single owners, operators. And there's not a lot of data flowing anywhere. So any data you get is going to be scraped from Airbnb and Verbo. Mm -hmm. And that is not the most trustworthy data either. So I'm also sixth generation. I know what the kind of ebbs and flows of visitation of folks coming into town. So I understand all that myself. Sixth generation Missouri. Then, yeah, you know in Missouri. Sixth yep. generation Missouri. I'm sixth generation Nebraska. I didn't know if you knew that. Uh, so. No, I did not know yeah, that. We're That's neighbors. awesome. We got a lot in common. Yeah, I go back. Uh, yeah, very same as you. So that, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just got excited. No, that's, that's Midwestern <laughs> connection. Go ahead. I know, right? Um, and then if you go down to Branson, again, that's a market, even though there's thousands now, most of them are single owner operators. And there's only a handful of property management companies and very few of those even use like key data dashboard or anything. So there's not a lot of real factual, actual data flowing into the system that Price Labs and Wheelhouse and all the others can grab from. So you have to very much understand where the data is coming from to use these pricing tools. So if you're in an area that has data available, those pricing tools are phenomenal. So why do I use something like that? Well, I actually use it for the dashboard because the owner res pricing dashboard is, um, is crap. It's horrible. I can't stand it. So therefore, I actually pay for a Price Lab subscription. So I have a better pricing dashboard. And that way I can see everything better. I can sort. I can put highs and lows and just let the price bounce between them. And then I can also set rules of when my minimum night stay changes as it gets closer to arrival and put those little tweaks and settings in there that benefits me, even though I'm not accessing so much the data that they originally built for interesting okay are you using um uh you're using airbnb and verbo doing the old-fashioned way of doing things or is it a lot of off-platform or um i'm about 50 percent book direct right now uh for the for 2023 so far last year i ended at 40 percent direct um and I look at it as also amount of revenue versus the number of bookings. Uh, I limit how many bookings I get from Airbnb. I've got a strategy to do that. So last year I was kept it to only 10% of my entire revenue came from Airbnb. Um, I also look at who my target guest is and where, what platforms are they looking at? How are they coming to me? How are they finding me? Uh, so I think that's really important to know. Um, you know, if you've got small properties versus big properties, if you're in a city versus a vacation rental market, or maybe you're out in the boonies and no one knows to, you know, that you're there, where do you market that your target guest is going to be looking at? So yes, I use Airbnb, I use Verbo, but I don't necessarily use them in the traditional sense of, I rely on them for booking. I use them as marketing tools. Join me live every Thursday for a weekly Q&A all about short-term rental. You like my vibe if you're digging the long hair extraordinaire cash flow Carl and want to ask me questions in real time. Join me at strquestions.com. It's a lot of fun. strquestions.com. Okay, 10% Airbnb, 50% direct. So is the rest of it Verbo? Uh, Verbo and I mostly Verbo. And then I, I'm also on Villas of Distinction. It's an exclusive um, travel agent site that I have a signed agreement that if someone wants to go to Branson, they're talking to me. And they're a several decades old that during COVID, they found that their um, clients didn't commit, go overseas anymore. So they started looking around domestically. And so I'm on there as well. Okay, Verbo. So you prefer Verbo over Airbnb is what you're saying? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. But I, I will also put the caveat that I'm old and that's where I started. 
And when I talk to people, wherever you start, Verbo or Airbnb, you you generally like them more of the interface dashboard type thing. And you also understand that platform better. I'm a, I'm a bit of an exception to that rule, although I am going to agree with you uh, in the end statement here uh, in that I, when I first started, I was pro. I, I've been on Airbnb since uh, 2011. I'm an uh, early adopter. If you look at my profile, 2011, uh, which is really kind of when that's when they had, they had that Super Bowl commercial to put them on the map. Yep. Um, and, uh, but as I've gotten, uh, deeper into my career and, uh, uh, I, I do prefer Verbo now, uh, not to start that argument. We're not here to start the Airbnb versus Verbo thing. Uh, <laughs> but, and I, and I think it's, so I'm, I'm, I'm contradicting the fact that I started and, and preferred Airbnb. I'd started on them both at the same time. And my very first booking was Verbo. I remember it distinct, distinctly because my very first guest, they booked, checked in that day, tree fell on the roof. Uh, that's not something you're going to forget. Uh, I was like, what did I get myself into here? Um, and so, um, but I quickly became very, very pro Airbnb. It was very, you know, it's very smoke and mirrors, like a green flashy lights and all. It's like a casino, you know? And uh, later on in my career, I definitely uh, gravitated more toward, and I think it's because I got older. <laughs> you know, I got gray hair now. So I relate with these, these Verbo folks that can't figure out how to check their email is basically what it is, I think. But uh, and that was difficult for me. That was difficult for me because, you know, Airbnb comes out of the gate running and they, they, they like track you down and they say you're going to be an Airbnb host. You know, I mean, there's no way to prove any of that, but I felt that's what they do. And I, th I think they still do that. And so I made a conscious decision probably, I don't know, three years ago. Uh, to to focus more on Verbo, I just said, you know what, I'm getting, I like the vibe over here a little better. Um, it's a little less drama, is really what it is for me personally on on Verbo. Um, I don't know if you agree, but uh, so I, I made a, an effort. I I I snoozed two of my Airbnbs for uh, six weeks. Uh, just took them offline, basically. You know, you leave the old the bookings; they're still there. They're still going to happen, but nobody new can book. Um, I've got two of them snoozed right now due to rehab. That's a different story. Uh, but then uh, I also did, this was actually when, when the management software is just starting to start cooking. And, and they, uh, I think at the time I was using maybe your Porter or something, which as you know, doesn't even exist anymore. Well, sort of exists, different name. Uh, but uh, they had an option to charge different prices between the platforms and it was new at the time and i'm like this is awesome because now i can like do my best to because i was like 90 percent airbnb and and whether you like one or the other better it's not good to be 90 percent anything so i said okay i'm gonna figure out a way to uh to, to, to fix this so i snoozed airbnb for like five six weeks uh two different properties and then uh because those two were like 100 percent airbnb and then i did um uh, a 10%, I think actually at the time may have been 15% reduction in price. And it was weird because they set it up like to charge extra for one platform over the other. Um, and everything is Airbnb based with the management softwares, you know? So it was like, what's, what increase do you want to do for Verbo? And so I, I just, I was like, let me see if I can put a negative and it let me put a negative. So I was doing negative 15% for Verbo. And then, you know, over time, it took probably a good half a year. Um, I, I started getting like, you know, closer to 50 50 60 40 uh and i've been there ever since and uh and that's where i like to be um so it's, it's interesting to hear your perspective and i do hear that i i think most folks that have been in this business for more than a week um eventually go to the verbo direction and i really again this is such a boring you know it comes up constantly in this business and i hate to go there but uh, it's interesting to hear your perspective on the verbo thing i mean the the thing is is they're, they're both great platforms. They both bring different guests and you need to be on both, both platforms, but how you use the platform to market is the key. So I know most of my guests come from Verbo. So that is only a little bit higher than my book direct. So I think I've got a 7% upcharge on that. Airbnb, I use them pretty much solely for marketing. So limited calendar, you can't book out on uh, book uh, Airbnb like you can on Verbo or direct booking on my websites. The other thing is um, the price is way up there. So I do an upcharge of 60%. That's six zero. And what happens is guests are really smart. And, and that's, coming from, uh, that's coming elsewhere. from OwnerRes? I'm sorry? That's coming from OwnerRes? Yeah. Yep, that's coming okay. from my property management go ahead, software, go ahead. OwnerRes. 
And so if the guests, they love it and they're like, wait, let's just look elsewhere too. They'll either find me direct or on Verbo. The guests that say, oh yeah, this is great. I'm paying it. What they've just now done is they've paid me my PETA fee, my pain in the ass fee, because <laughs> I have to deal with that platform. The other part of Airbnb is I take on the entire service fee. So my guests pay 0% service fee. I pay the entire fee as the host. So you have to raise your rate on that to cover the host service fee anyway. Um, and yeah, it, it, it works out great. It does what I need it to do. And my guests are happy. So you would prefer people to book direct? Oh, absolutely. Yes. See, that's a pain. I don't like that. I, to me, that's a pain in the ass. It's too much stuff to figure out and the, pay the taxes <laughs> and all this stuff. I'm happy to give Verbo their cut because I feel like they earn their, you know, uh, earn their keep with, with the amount of money they're taking. But I do, I do appreciate your perspective. Let's talk reviews from, uh, from the aspect of, I, I'm, I'm so fascinated with this third party thing um, because it's so rare that I get to talk to somebody that has any experience. Mm -hmm. uh, are reviews any different? I can't imagine they're any different, but give me a little rundown on, uh, on like say your own personal property reviews versus the third party. Oh, I mean, they're just as good. No, they're but I mean, awesome. is it, is I there mean, a different process? Like, no, uh, no. Exact so, same? so Luke, my entire process is the same across the board, whether it's direct booking or an OTA. When you mentioned taxes, I collect taxes for every single booking, even when they come from Verbo or Airbnb. And I do that. So it's all one entire process. When I collect, you know, I remit my taxes when they're due, I know the exact dollar amount that I am, you know, giving to my community and to my county and my state. I know what I'm contributing. I know what my guests are contributing. I have a paper trail for when someone comes back and says, oh gosh, these short-term rentals. I'm like, no, look, <laughs> here is what we are contributing. Here's a hard dollar amount. It takes me, what, 10 minutes to do it, to run a report and submit it. It's super, super easy. Mm. Um, but reviews, the same thing, same process. And it, my property management software owner, Res, is a huge part of that. So an Airbnb review that comes in, I mean, I can even have an auto review to go back on the guests if I want. Um, all my reviews show up on my direct booking site because I've got a widget that will aggregate those and bring those all in. My direct booking reviews can also now appear on my Verbo listing. So a guest could leave me um, a review in several different places. Also a Google business on Facebook, all of that. And my reviews can aggregate and come across the board um, in different ways. So, you know, a direct booking review is not a waste that shows up, it pushes to Verbo. Now, it doesn't push to Airbnb. Airbnb doesn't allow that, but the Airbnb reviews can be pushed to my direct booking. Are you in a state where uh, uh, you have to collect your, your taxes? Uh, in other words, uh, do Airbnb and Verbo collect and pay your taxes for you or no? They collect, if you want, they can collect most of them. And the problem is it's not all of them because some cities ha don't have that agreement with Verbo or Airbnb. Yeah. So for instance, the city of Branson, you have to do on your own anyway. And the same thing with the city of Washington, Missouri, you have to do it on your own. And therefore to me, it's like, instead of splitting it all up, I just collect them all and remit them all and do it at the appropriate times. Yeah, I guess yeah. it goes so, back to the whole thing of control. In other words, they're collecting like sales and occupancy, but you have to collect something else like a receipt tax or some some other like a, a lodging. Lodging yeah. tax. No, a lodging tax. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. So Airbnb Verbo generally will have an agreement with your state, county, city for sales. And then anything beyond that, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So you have to be very, very careful to make sure you're collecting all the appropriate taxes at all times, have the business licenses in place, the permits and things like that. Right. And you, it'll say right on Airbnb. Verbo is a little more vague, but there's a chart. Basically, you can just search your state and your city on Airbnb. It'll tell you exactly. Uh, well, not exactly how to do it, but it will say, hey, yes, we're going to collect the taxes or not. Then you got to dig a little deeper, obviously, and figure out how to pay those taxes with your local uh, your, your local uh, area. Um, and, and by the way, on that subject, make sure you guys are paying your taxes because uh, that's yes. uh, Gosh, not good and if even you're if not. There's, even if there's zero. 
you still need to be filing with your city. So for instance, if you do one single direct booking and you are letting Airbnb and Verbo taking care of the rest, then you still have to have that business tax ID and you still have to submit a report. So let's say in round numbers, you collected $100,000 in bookings and Airbnb and Verbo submitting it all for you, except for one $5,000, then you need to be saying, I collected a hundred thousand, then 95,000 is not taxable, but 5,000 is, and here's my tax money. So even if it comes down to a zero where you say, I collected a hundred and Airbnb Verbo did a hundred for me, I have zero, but here's my form that I'm still doing it. Cause you know what happens if you have a tax ID and you don't send your form in, the state, county, whoever decides, hmm, let's see, we think they could have collected X amounts and this amount was taxable. So therefore you probably owe this amount. And now we're going to add on tax, you know, charges of interest and service and late charges and everything. Then you have really got to go back and say, no, 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 no. This is what it truly is. I'm so sorry. I forgot to file. Yeah. <laughs> Taxes. It's a, what is it? It's a taxes, insurance, and death, right? The only three things in life that are guaranteed. Yes. Oh, insurance. Don't get me started. It is absolutely <laughs> out of control right now. I live in Florida. I thought it was just Florida, and it turns out it's the whole country. It's going nuts with this insurance. So, uh, oh, man. But anyway, um, let's talk more about Branson. I was there last summer, had a lovely time. I do feel it's a very similar vibe to Pigeon Forge. Uh, of course, at the short-term shop, uh, it's been like our elusive uh, wild animal that we haven't yet tamed for whatever reason. Uh, I do think she's getting closer to going into Branson. I don't, you know, that's, that's mm -hmm. boss, that's boss lady's business. Uh, I hang out over here in, uh, in bookings and review land. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we were just there, had a wonderful time, went to silver uh, dollar city. And again, I'm from Nebraska, not that far away and uh, uh, familiar with it. Went there as a child, um, uh, and just talk about this market in general. What do you love about it? Uh, what are, what are bookings like? What's the season seasonality, like stuff like that. Well, like you, I've been going to Branson since I was little, I was, um, actually in my mother's womb when they went down there for their honeymoon. So literally my entire life going to Branson and the thing, the cool thing about Branson, I mean, it's been this hidden gem for literally decades and what people don't realize, and you know, when you're just thinking like, oh, wait a romantic destination. They don't think Branson. They, if someone says Missouri, you're like, oh, that's a flyover state, right? Well, guess what? It's not made from Nebraska. Um, <laughs> that's like one step worse, you know? <laughs> right, great, right. But anyway. So the thing with, with Branson and Missouri in general is we're within a day's drive of over half the population of the entire country. So when a family says, hey, let's get together, let's drive and let's find somewhere that's family friendly, budget friendly, they're looking towards the middle of the United States, those flyover states. And Branson has this incredible amount of different types of activities and attractions that will attract all the different types of personalities. There's something for everyone. So you have, it's the live music show capital of the world. There are more theater seats in Branson than Broadway in New York. And there are actors and actresses who have left Broadway to come perform in Branson. You have these musical shows like the Hay Goods who have literally their entire lives been performing. And it is the most fantastic show I've ever seen. They've sold out, gosh, over 6 million folks. And I'm sure they would do amazing in Vegas. Um, Branson is called family Vegas. It is a very family friendly type of area. Uh, you have one of the top theme parks in the entire country of Silver Dollar City and the top Christmas light displays there. You have Table Rock Lake, which is a fantastic lake with some of the world's best uh, fishing. You've got tournaments there. You've got any type of water activity you want to do with uh, boating, skiing. You can go scuba diving and snorkeling if you want. There's a town that's buried underneath there. Uh, then you have something called Bass Pro Shops. You guys ever heard of Bass Pro Shops or Cabela? You know, well, Johnny Moore who owns all that he is based there just south of Branson and his resort is called Big Cedar and the Big Cedar area is is incredible it's one of my favorite places to go visit and then you have world-class golf um, Johnny brought in Tiger Woods ever heard that name before he brought Tiger in to come design a golf course I think there's a Jack Nicholas golf course um, there's PGA tours that come through in the spring so 
you know, you've got the boating, you've got the golfing, you've got the fishing, you've got the live music shows, you got all your tourist traps, golf carts and mini golf and, and all of that, the dinner shows, you've got the comedy, the music. I mean, it's, it's fantastic place to come visit. And what's really super cool is that not a lot of people have known about it. And now with COVID, Missouri basically stayed open. And people are realizing how incredible it is down there in the Ozarks with the Ozark Mountains and the nature and the trails. Oh, I forgot to mention, you know, Beverly Hillbillies. Ever heard of that show? Well, the very first episodes were filmed at Silver Dollar City. And the creators loved the area so much that they bought, I think it's over 300 acres that is now the Ruth and Paul Henning Conservation Area. So you can go visit um, that natural area as well. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, and as far as visitors go, when people say, oh yeah, Gatlinburg, Pedge and Forge. Okay. Guess what? They had 14 million visitors in 2021 going into 2022. Branson had 10 million. And when you come back to vacation rentals, the number of properties that you can rent out, guess who has double the amount that Branson does Gatlinburg, Pedge and Forge, but we have almost nearly as many visitors. Um, so yeah, the investors have found us. You're proud of it. You're proud. Did you go to, where, I am. Where did you go to college? Um, I'm trying to figure gosh. out who your football team is. It's, it's not. Um, I actually didn't even get a high school degree. Oh, um, really? No, I was homeschooled. I had my GED. I got a full ride to college, but I ended up getting three associates instead. And I have enough credits for a four-year degree, but Never Good finished it. Good for you. Yep. I got thrown out so, of the University of Nebraska. They asked me to leave. Ah! It's not going very well. It's time for you to move on, but I'm still a fan. <laughs> Go Big Red, even though they're. Yeah. Crazy. All right. College yeah. dropouts here. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have a choice, but uh, I still love my, my Cornhuskers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get home all the time. I got, I've got property in, in Nebraska and uh, I do love it very much. But uh, all right. Let's close it with Touch Day. I'm a huge Touch Day fan. That's how I found you. Um, yep. I, uh, I, I decided to get into this, uh, guidebook game about a year ago. Um, and, uh, it was a natural choice for me for touch day. It's really just, um, you know, you got, uh, a few of them out there. Um, uh, but, uh, touch day, I gravitate, uh, what are they off the, off the top of my head? There's, there's, uh, hostfully has a guidebook. Um, mm -hmm. there's another one that has a, a screen that's, uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, oh, the guest view guide, the really big screen. There's another and then, one. And the small screen is you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. there's DAC. Uh, yep. so, you know, there's some options out there. There are some options. And, and so for me, the screen's out, I'm not doing a screen, which, uh, which it's kind of, it's funny because somebody said to me yesterday, they said, they said, isn't touch day the one with the iPad and I, and you would think so. Cause it's touch. But no, it doesn't. It's uh, it's you know, it's an app. It's a website. Um, so I use it. I love it. Uh, so give me a brief uh, rundown on uh, your spiel on uh, Touch Day. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Yeah, I remember our conversation, Luke, before um, you started Touch Day, and um, I was back in messages, and I remember you saying something like, oh, I don't need a digital guidebook. It's it, People don't read anything. And I'm like, Luke, but give Touch Day a chance. I I, I promise it's yeah. going to be different. As a matter of fact, I, I recently you messaged me on Bigger Pockets, and we realized that we had spoken to each other like five years ago on Bigger Pockets yep. uh, and didn't yep. realize it was the same two people. Uh, but I, I did remember the conversation. I was asking about owner res uh, advice, actually. So anyway, it's a small world. It really is a small world. But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I I've come to the dark side, which is now, in my opinion, the light the the the, the light side because uh, you gotta have a you gotta have a guidebook at this point. Um, I think last time when when that conversation, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I'm all in, and I preach it all the time. And uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So what's great about a digital guidebook is that you are giving your guests the information before they arrive and setting those expectations and answering those questions proactively versus reactively. Also, if you look at sustainability, you're not having to print so much anymore. And you're also giving your guests the best experience. So Touch Day is not just a digital guidebook. Um, it is can also be an entire communication flow. So the digital guidebook is not an app either that you don't have to download it. It's what's called a progressive web app or PWA. It's where you just send your guests a simple link. 
and they can open that link on any website browser on any device. So they're using their own devices. You don't have to have hardware anywhere in your house that you don't, you know, they have to worry about losing the charging cord or anything like that, or get broken. The guest uses it on their device, which means it's also in their pocket when they need it. And it's just like you being in their pocket at pretty much all times when they leave the property say, oh yeah, I remember ahead of time that Luke told us you have to go to this speakeasy that's hidden. How do we get into that? And so they can pull it up on the guidebook and here's this video of Luke saying, okay, you've got to knock three times, kick the door, turn around once, and then you got to hold up the secret sign and here's the secret sign and that's how you get in because so, let's, be, you know, let's it's, be real our guests are looking for uh the, the most uh difficult most secret way to get hammered on vacation is really what they're trying oh to you do. know it yeah. you anyway, know go it. Ahead. best Sorry. experience possible yeah. uh, so what touch day can do is help you elevate that guest experience and for my personal business i call it my magic fairy dust so i sprinkle the magic fairy dust through touch day and through my communication flow and it's just, it's beautiful because I have guests who come back to me and say, Hey, Tyanne, we're excited that we're arriving next week. Just so you know, I am ready to leave you five stars right now. And I haven't even stepped foot in the house because you have taken care of us so well that we know our stay is going to be fantastic. And on top of that, all of that I do is automated. It's an automated flow, but with touch day, I'm able to drop in the human touch of saying our guest's name, putting the property name in there, putting videos. They see my face. They see my husband's face. You know, it's all those different human touches that we can remotely take care of our properties, take care of our guests and automate it. And they have an incredible guest experience. Um, and Luke, there are some features that we just rolled out. Like I'm aware. I've already watched the YouTube, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. So we just rolled out the what we're calling the first impressions. And this was a feature that we one of our users, actually several of our users said, touch day, we want this, we want this, we want this. And we're like, okay, fine. Yes, we'll do it. So we got it figured out. And what it is, is you can put a topic into your guidebook that asks your guests to rate their first impressions upon arrival. Now, what I did is I dropped this link into a memo text. So memo is touch day's uh, platform to send uh, text messages and emails to your guests accor scheduled according to arrival and departure. So I have it set for 6 p.m. on arrival day that the guest gets a text saying, hey, would you let us know what your first impression is upon arrival? Here's the link. And then at the bottom, it says, you know, if you haven't arrived yet, safe travels, come back to this later. So they click on it. It goes to that section in the guidebook. There it says, hey, will you rate how it was getting getting here? You know, the, your first impressions of our house. And it's a one through five star. And they can put their name. They can put um, their comment on it. And then that goes directly to your email. And I've already seen folks who say, okay, how do I set this up for text? And, you know, the first one I got, you know, it says, oh, my gosh, this place is so clean. So what did I do? I screenshot it and sent it to my cleaners so that my cleaning team could have that bolt of energy of well done from the guest because, you know, they don't get to see that so much as we do. Um, so yeah, super excited about um, this, which is also leading into some other awesome features that are soon to be um, public. My favorite thing about the guidebook is that if I've got a bigger house, uh, 10 people, uh, you know, you got eight or nine people that have no idea what they're coming to. So I love the fact that the person that actually booked it can, you know, it helps them out too share it with the people in their group so that they can stop asking them questions and they have expectations now because if if they don't know what they're coming to yeah you could shoot in the airbnb or the verbo listing but it's not the same you know so the guidebook it tells you like actual details about the house and i just really dig that i feel like it it helps with the expectations and now you're now you're rolling out uh management software integrations which is really great because then I can check whether they actually looked at it or not. Because I'm going to tell you, when the guests look at the guidebook, which is not everybody, you can't force them to do it. Uh, they're easier guests. They're, they're, they're happier. They have a better time and they're easier to deal with. Um, so that, that management software integration is great because you can tell who actually looked. Um, so tell us about that. And, when, and I'm a hospitable guy. So when are you going to have, uh, when are you going to do hospitable? 
So hospitable, we're in talks with them. So I'm I can't really hoping difficult integration, right? I mean, it's a pretty simple software, but it's a is it how does that work? Is it a handshake thing or it depends upon the, the company, but okay. there's all these little technical details of, so the, the thing is, is all this data from every company is, it's what's called an API and that's right. how they push their, their data out. But that doesn't mean everybody's API is the same. So it's not like taking an extension cord and a plug and just plugging it in and it works. It's not like that. It's, it's like taking your, um, us curling iron over to the uk and it's like oh wait hmm. nope that doesn't work so you have to figure out that adapter and get the two companies to talk to each other and the information flow where it's supposed to flow so every single company it's a different integration um, and some different processes so like for instance we're working on escapia as well right now that one has been super easy from what i understand um and then there's some others that just they take a little while because their information is dispersed a little bit differently. Uh, what's great is I don't have to worry about that. We have some awesome tech developers who are super smart in that area and they're just brilliant. So they take care of all that, but it does take time because we're also a small team. Uh, but looking, look for a new integration to roll out. Um, our goal is at least one a month. So we will see, um, hospitable. I love those guys over there too. So Luke, um, you definitely need to meet those folks in person the next time you get to go to a conference. Oh, would love to. Um, so uh, here's another trick that I do. I created uh, URLs for all my guides. And so uh, that way it really doesn't, it's not that helpful other than like last minute. Um, I need to shoot the guidebook over to the guest really quick. And it's first of all, easy to remember and it's professional. So I have the street name guide.com and then i i just shortcut that on godaddy to the touch awesome. the guidebook so that when i send it to my guest it looks more professional now you're not gonna be able to do that if you're using the uh, management software integration because that's i i understand that's how that works it's a, a unique link so you can tell who actually looked at it right right it's a unique link however the other thing we're coming out very soon with is those custom domains so oh. then it'll be your custom domain and then it'll have the unique link for that guest. So you're telling me I wasted all that money on my real URLs. No, no, okay. not at all. Not at all. No, no. It's a joke. But uh, anyway, okay. What? Well, listen, you're wonderful. You've done it all. You've said it all. I appreciate you coming. Uh, wait, wait, one more thing. Let's say I want to do touch day, but I don't want to do it myself. Do you guys offer mm -hmm. the service uh, to, to do we that for me or do. does somebody do that? Yeah, so we've got white glove service now. Um, either Hazel or one of the other folks um, can do it for you. And, you know, the pricing, of course, depends upon how organized you personally are. So the more organized you have your information, the better it goes. But we are happy to do that for you. Make sure it's all formatted and, and looks great. And that way you can put your best foot forward with your branding and marketing and continue that throughout your digital guidebook. Which I did that, actually. Uh, I think I sought you out and I said, is there somebody mm -hmm. I can pay to do this for me? And you were yep. like, as a matter of fact, there is. And I, I didn't know if that was something you were going to uh, continue. I, I didn't know if it was still happening, actually, but well, I'm glad to hear Luke, that it, it was. Yeah, it was special for you. And then that <laughs> real, we made it realize, like, you know, what? we need to put this public, too. So you can actually find the white glove service on our website now. That's great. That's great. And it was worth it. It was not very expensive for, for me personally. Now, there were things I had to tweak, just full disclosure, because this person's never been to my house that's making this guide and you know little tweaks here and there but i did find great value in that service and i was honestly that's what pushed me over the edge i was like oh sweet they'll make it for me let's do it you know so <laughs> yeah that's awesome yeah wonderful well you are awesome it's uh lovely to see you i i really enjoyed your uh your uh episode of the short-term show so i'm i'm super glad that you came on here and we got to talk a lot about all things management um so so thank you for coming and uh Happy hosting to everybody and, and don't overthink it. Just put the damn thing <laughs> on the internet and let it rip. All right. That's right. Thanks so much, Luke. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Thank you.